Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome to another edition of the Final Inspection Show on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Steve Zotke, along with my trusty sidekick, Jeff Orlowski. We, of course, would like to thank the legendary Great Lakes Dragway for their support all season long. Make sure to check out Great Lakes Dragway for upcoming, of course, the 2019 season passes as... Uh, they start ramping up towards the new year. And those are awesome holiday gifts. It is. Don't know what to get your husband, your wife, your kids. Get them a pass to Great Lakes Dragway. They will love you forever. If you got a guy that's just that maybe hasn't been out to Great Lakes Dragway, but he's one of these guys he's always watching the the build it shows and whatnot on Velocity or on other channels, it might be a pretty good, uh, interesting uh, uh you know, if the guy's a gearhead, he's going to love Great Lakes Dragway for not only for the racing, but what's nice about Great Lakes Dragway in that, if the guys aren't busy, of course, you know, up to their elbows in grease and whatnot, you might ask them about the car. Hey, I might be working. I might have a, a big block Chevy I'm working on. How, you know, what did you do with your exhaust manifold? What did you do with this or that? It's a full, full bevy of information you can get out there when you talk to those guys, especially on uh, Memorial Day and Labor Day weekends when they run the vintage drag uh, drag racing out there. Yeah, you get tremendous access with the drivers, to, uh, tremendous access to the cars. They've got great food there. It's reasonably priced. It's fun for you, the old lady. If you don't have an old lady, uh, <laughs> the they've new got lady. ladies' nights. <laughs> uh, so you can go out there and grab yourself uh, a chick that smells like uh, racing fuel. And is there anything hotter than that? Uh, fun for the kids. Uh, you know, it's it's wonderful. So make sure to check out GreatLakesDragway.com and, of course, uh, like them on social media, Great Lakes Dragway on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. Uh, they are out there. So uh, a lot of things there. And also David Hobbs Honda. Uh, you know, winter's coming, and, yeah, I don't know if I want to take this car through the winter. Make sure to check out David Hobbs Honda. Uh, not only for a new car, but they have an extensive selection of used cars. So go to davidhobbs.com and uh, check out what they have. And I'm sure they can put you in a Honda or whatever you're looking for, whether it's a, a minivan, in, in Jeff's case here, maybe we can do that, <laughs> or a small SUV, large SUV, uh, a sedan, a sporty, you know, sporty two-door, you name it. David Hobbs has it. Make sure to check out uh, and ask, ask for the Greg Hobbs. Can't miss them. Yeah, and uh, we got to ask Greg if uh, they're going to start up Ladies' Night over at David Hobbs Honda <laughs> uh, as well. But, but don't uh, forget, this coming Monday, you can meet David Hobbs at David Hobbs Honda from 5 to 7 uh, at 6100 North Green Bay Road. So uh, go check out David. You can get a signed copy of his book, Hobbo, which is fantastic, interesting, covers everything. If you like Formula One, it's in there. If you like Trans Am racing, it's in there. If you like Indy cars, it's in there. Even NASCAR. Yes, David Hobbs drove a couple of uh, uh, NASCAR races back in the day. A lot of interesting stuff. Check out the book. If you already have the book, 
and it's not autographed, bring it down to David Hobbs on Monday and uh, he'll sign it for you. So uh, make sure you check that out. Um, and thanks for listening. And make sure to check us out on social media. Steve Zotke, Z-A-U-T-K-E on Twitter. And I'm at Jeff underscore Orlowski, O-R-L-O-S-K-I. Check us out on Facebook, too, at The Final Inspection Show, TFI, The Final Inspection Show. And also, of course, Virtual Radio 105.7. Make sure you like us on Facebook. And, uh, boy, racing is still going on, and there's a lot of news to cover this week, isn't there, Jeff? Oh, yeah, it keeps pouring out. Uh, Kevin Harvick, uh, he yeah. wins, and then, oops, he doesn't pass inspection. He wins, and then he loses. Yeah, you can't say the encumbered word well, anymore. That's right, we don't say that anymore. But, uh, but yeah, so they, uh, they dock him points. So instead of being locked into Homestead, now I want to say he's only four points to the good. And we'll be uh, talking more on that. Uh, we got a couple guests coming up on the show today. We got Dennis uh, um, Mickelson. 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 Phil Mickelson? Phil, Phil Mickelson. Dennis Mickelson will be joining us, of course, and David Land will also be joining us. So. We'll be talking on NASCAR with Dennis, and then uh, with David, we talk a little bit of everything with David. We talk a little bit of NASCAR, we talk a little bit of IndyCar, sports cars, you name it. So Flying cars? No flying cars. We don't like flying cars on this show. Okay. Flying cars, bad things happen. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, no, great show today. and uh, Thanks for joining in, and uh, we'll be back. After these messages on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway and... David Hobbs Honda. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 1057 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. Uh, I'm Steve Zotti, along with Jeff Orlowski, and joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is from D-Mike Media, Dennis Michelson. Welcome back to the show, sir. Z-Man, always a pleasure to visit with you folks up there in Milwaukee. And uh, I guess that's the news of the day, of course, is uh, Kevin Harvick winning at Texas, but the, the the big news was, was that broke on Wednesday was uh, the penalty. And I guess it was a spoiler violation, correct? Is that true, Dennis? That's the way I, I understand it. But so far in everything that NASCAR has said, everything that the team has said, everything that the reliable NASCAR media has said, it sounds like it was the way they braced or – did something with the spoiler to get it to lay down at high speed, which miraculously was not able to be detected in pre-race inspection, yet they were able to find it after they tore the car down during the R&D inspection back in Charlotte. Here's a couple of things that I don't understand. First of all, if you're going to have a legal race, shouldn't you do a little bit more checking of at the track. parts and pieces at the track? Yes, before the race. Because here's the thing. If they catch it before the race and he gets 
penalized and has to change it, he's not going to win the race. So logic says whoever finished second to him was most likely to get that free pass to Miami. With so much on the line, NASCAR just had one of those bad days. And remember, this comes on top of them screwing up the Jimmy Johnson mm-hmm. penalty, yeah. Oh, yeah. where they said they couldn't count the three. So, you know, and it, if there's ever a sport that should be able to count the three, it should be the NASCAR Cup Series. You know, three is kind of a big number in that series for, for history. But on top of that, it's just like this whole thing of incompetence in the series, and then not to accept explain it, it just kind of leaves it hanging. And I just, I don't know, it it just seems to me that if you can't catch something pre-race, unless it's to the engine, unless it's that they doctor the tires, or unless they doctored the fuel, I don't understand new NASCAR. Because just a few weeks ago, the big story after Talladega was metal tabs and the 42 car. And now the big story is, what were they doing with the spoiler that was illegal? Shouldn't the talk after a race be about how exciting the race was? You would think it would be, Dennis, and uh, it's unfortunate that it's not. You know, it's another example. We talked a couple months ago about, you know, the fact that NASCAR takes, you know, the top three back to R&D completely rips the cars apart just searching just searching for something that they can find illegal on these cars and then like you uh just you know so eloquently explained uh a minute ago and then not to be out in front of it and this is what happened this is what they did and this is why we're docking them not only the free pass to miami but we're going to take away the free pass to Miami, and now Harvick is only four points to the good. It is such a terrible look for a sport that just can't. Well, they just stumble over themselves at every and, and, turn. And not only that, because it, you know it's basically a shortened season. That doesn't really extrapolate, does it, Dennis? No, not at all. Because if this team had made the same L one penalty, and I love that we've got letters and numbers to go with things. We're no longer calling them a cucumbered win. I mean, encumbered win. Uh, instead, we're going ahead and giving them letters and numbers now. So this is an L1 penalty. I don't know about you guys, but that sounds pretty severe. I almost want to get, you know, like law and order SU, SVU in to determine exactly what they did and when they did it and who they violated. But if they did this L1 penalty during the regular season, it would be a 40-point penalty that is the standard for an l1 penalty that what we've seen in the past now you're doing it in a three race segment and giving them that 40 point penalty i'll do the math for you if you extrapolate 40 points over three races versus 40 points over 26 races it's like giving them a 346.67 point penalty during the regular season, and we've never seen a penalty that big. Plus, with so much on the line here, they're taking away points that he earned, these so-called playoff points. They're not taking away the points that he earns at the end of the race. 
So it was a weird combination here, um, adding up. And I'm not sure, so sure it's one of those things that NASCAR really thought out before they decided on what this penalty would be. But on the flip side, it does sure give us more of a thrilling show at Phoenix because we'll be watching with bated breath as the point race unfolds on the left hand of the screen on NBC Sports. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter because Harvick's just going to win Phoenix, right? <laughs> that's all he does. Yeah, that's typically what he does is go out and win Phoenix. But, of course, we, on top of everything else, we have a new configuration again for the track that got a new name last time. So IMS, formerly PRI, or PIR, I should say, uh, is now IMS with a whole new configuration just for this race. So teams come in with no notes, no idea of what's going to happen, just in time for the playoffs, sort of kind of like the Roval thing back in Charlotte earlier. So once again, we're changing configurations, and in the playoffs, we're challenging teams with a whole new playing field. Can you imagine if the NFL decided that they're going to make the football field for the Super Bowl 80 yards long instead of 100, just to add a little scoring to the game at the last minute? Well, you know, college football does it with their overtime where they completely take out special teams, so they change the 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 rules of overtime and, and football yeah. in general. And same with hockey where it's four-on-four four instead of five-on-five. Five. It's, you know, it's just thank God NASCAR got it right and they labeled it an L1 because, you know, we already have proved that they don't know how to count to three so it's a good thing that, it, you know, this isn't a, a serious L9 penalty because that would just create so many problems for them. Uh, Dennis, let me ask you, when I put on my conspiracy tinfoil hat here, we only have one race to go and there's only one person locked into Miami and that person is fart face Joey Logano. Ooh. Now, if you are Joey Logano, and you see the penalty that Harvick got, and he's only four points to the good, do you very nonchalantly put him into the wall because you know that he's one of the top competitors at Miami and you won't have to face him going for a title? Yeah, if you do that, you'll have another guy aiming for you. He's got the whole garage anyway. What difference does it make? Well, I still say say he's going to get wrecked at Homestead. Well, he pissed yeah, off he, Eric Amarola this week, so mm-hmm. now he's got uh, Amarola, he's got Chase Elliott. So, you know, you had Harvick on there. Why not, you know? Yeah, you surely don't want to have Kevin Harvick mad at you on top of the Cuban Missile Crisis already <laughs> saying that you're going to hunt him down. It just wouldn't be a good combination for a championship. Yeah, well, I was just, if I was Joey Logano, obviously he doesn't mind throwing every anybody and everybody into the wall. I'd, I'd give it some serious thought. Well, I, I really think Logano's going to be like a 12, you know, a 12-point buck on opening day, you know. <laughs> I re- he's He's got a target on him. I tell you what, Dennis, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll hear more with uh, Dennis Michelson talking NASCAR on the final inspection show brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan.
Welcome back to another edition of the Final Inspection Show. I'm Steve Zotti along with Jeff Orlowski. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Dennis Michelson. And last week, proving that once again, uh, myself and Jeff are a bunch of idiots, I was talking to, who were we talking to last week? Or was? Well, we talked to Hobbs. We talked to, um, well, we had Lori. Short-term memory is shot. Hobbs. And I forget we or maybe it just was be, be, between ourselves. But I was talking about Texas, how they incre- they they lowered the banking, yeah, and yeah. widened it. And I said that should lead to better racing. Well, post race Texas, everybody says, oh, it sucks. <laughs> so Dennis, I thought lowering the banking and widening racetracks were supposed to make it better. What happened? Well, what actually happened is as NASCAR has taken power away, they've taken throttle response away from the drivers. And what you end up doing is you basically had guys racing almost as wide open as they could go. I mean, look at how fast they were flying around that track. And as Keselowski said, this will be the last time we go this fast on a a mile-and-a-half track. And he's right, because next year, they're going to reduce the uh, throttle response even more, change the aero package a little bit. It should slow the cars down. But again, it's going to make everything more equal and not give guys a chance to really get a different power than their competitor, even if their competitor slightly blows the corner. So what mm-hmm. we saw a lot of times at Texas, even on the restart, is a guy would get off to a good start but he couldn't maintain it because we had basically a one-groove track. Clean air was the king. Once again, these front splitters and these side skirts have screwed up stock car racing. It's turned it into Formula One with fenders, and it's taken away at the same time you're adding all of those aero features that are, are more advantageous in clean air than in dirty air. You all of a sudden then on top of that, take the power away with the tapered spacers. And the next thing you know, you have no throttle response. Keep it wide open almost around the entire track. You're doing more speed. And in stock car racing, more speed, faster speed, unless you have a restrictor plate and pack racing, has never been a formula for better racing. And as a matter of fact, with the current aero package that you have, even when you put the full restrictor plates on for Talladega and Daytona, you do not get that same pack effect in racing where you can actually finish a pass with a little bit of help from your friends. Now you need like five or six cars lined up. In a track like Texas, you just don't have the length of the straightaways to get everybody in line to, to have a, a power of a second draft. Plus, you had no second groove. All you had was a different first groove in or different preferred groove in one and two versus three and four. And what we saw at the end of the race is you had Harvick handling better in one corner than his competition. And that's why he was able to catch him and make a pass. But he had to be incredibly faster. And maybe the magic spoiler pieces were the reason for that. But he had to be magically faster just like the whole SHR group had figured out a way to reverse crab to get the the spoilers out of the air at Talladega. So what you end up having is no throttle response at all and no chance to make a pass on your competitor. 
Uh, and unfortunately, the arrow rules and the power rules are going in the wrong direction again for 2019. So I'm not really sure what Texas is going to do to improve the racing. Hey, they like to do the world's biggest everything. Maybe they can build the world's biggest Roval for next year. <laughs> yeah, well, that brings me to to this. Now, kind of a two-part question, so I hope I don't get confused because I'm not as smart as you are. Now, with NASCAR taking the throttle response away, you know, trying to slow these cars down, are we going to end up getting to a point where it's basically they're going to have speed limits out there because, you know, don't go faster than 85 miles an hour, uh, you know, or to basically just be Harvick and Jimmy Johnson and all these guys on hover rounds going around uh, the racetrack. And then the other part is with all the aero rules and everything like that and taking the, the power away and making it less uh, that the car chiefs and stuff can work on for these guys, it seems like they're trying to make it where the lower-funded teams can actually kind of compete for top 15s instead of now where they're just trying to get into the top 30. But uh, if that's the case, then why do they keep screwing Carl Long? (laughs) Well, the Carl Long just keeps kind of screwing himself. But, um, no, the reality is you're going to always have speed. You know, money money buys speed. How fast do you want to go is the old adage that's been out there forever. And it's still true today. The only difference is as you get the restrictor plates and you get these cars being so-called more even, there's less difference between the top 15 or 20 cars. There's still a big difference between the 21st car and the 35th place car on any given week. But as far as up front, you know, Dan Gurney was a pretty smart man. And Dan Gurney's old adage of how to improve racing, less downforce, more power, is still true today. Why? because it's based on physics, and physics hasn't changed over the years. As a matter of fact, with the way they're paving tracks now, it's only gotten to be more the case that less downforce and more power would give you better racing, and unfortunately, we're kind of going the reverse way on that, although they are dropping at least the downforce a little. But I would just love to see one race, you know, NASCAR, played with the rules at the all-star race, and I applaud them for trying something vastly different to see if the racing would be any better. Why not just one race, take the front splitters and the side skirts off, open up the restrictor play, give them all the power they can, they can take. They won't be able to go through the corners full throttle because they'll have less arrow effect keeping them on the ground, and they'll have to actually lift. They'll actually have to drive the cars. They'll actually have to see if Dan Gurney's rules of racing are still true. And I got a feeling that even 50 years later after he said it, that Dan Gurney is still the smartest guy in the room. I think so. Another point they were talking about is, um, you know, the the 15-inch tires. And and that's, that's something that's usually brought up on. You know, the more technical stuff is usually brought up in that Sunday morning racing show. And speaking of which, uh, we should uh, tip of the hat to Todd Bailey. Congratulations on his uh, being uh, inducted in the South uh, Southeast Wisconsin Short Track Hall of Fame 
uh, last week up in Hartford. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more uh, in the next hour on uh, the other inductees in there. But, Dennis, you know, they're, they're, I think it might have been Tony Stewart or, or Kurt Busch or somebody. I forget exactly who. You know, the 15-inch tires and, and, and just the – the 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 sizing and and the, and the height of the tire has become a little bit antiquated, and there's been kind of a push of going to a larger wheel and a lower profile tire. Do you think that would uh, is that maybe something that NASCAR should be investigating in Goodyear? Yeah, I don't know if that's going to do any good. I think you have more bang for the buck on the arrow by by taking that front splitter off. You know, the, the problem with anything that NASCAR tries to do is those 40 crew chiefs that are working in the Cup Series with their eight-inch engineers per big team are pretty smart guys. So if you try to do one change to the aero package or try to limit how much the cars can travel because of shocks and, and spring packages, they'll figure out how to lower those suckers to the ground again. They're pretty smart guys, and as we saw with Harvick's group, they're still willing to push those gray areas, even though that gray area has gotten minutely small over the years. I think of guys like Dale Inman, who crew chief for so many years and won so many uh, championships for Richard Petty and the like, or guys like even Ray Everham in a more modern time. And they got to look at these rule infractions now and really, really laugh. And meanwhile, Smokey Eunuch's rolling over in yeah. his grave, laughing on a daily basis about how stupid the NASCAR rule book has gotten. And a lot of it's thanks to him. Talking to Dennis Michelson on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Dennis, once again, thanks again for uh, joining us uh, on the Final Inspection Show. And uh, please mention uh, your your new adventure with uh, D-Mike uh, Media and also the, the Racetrack uh, Business Conference that's coming up on the Wednesday before PRI in Indianapolis. A pretty, pretty cool event. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, D-Mike Media is uh, taking off here in the last few weeks, and uh, we're going to be representing some race teams and some uh, smaller market sports. I don't like to call anything minor league because it's all big time to those communities that are hosting it. But the smaller to mid-sized market sports and entertainment and music and racing, we're going to put that whole conglomeration together and we're going to help those folks find some more sponsorship money to put on better shows across the country. But my big venture coming up here, December the 5th, once again, I'll be hosting the Racetrack Business Conference. What is the Racetrack Business Conference, you might ask? Well, it's like getting your master's degree in the sport of, or the, the uh, business side of the speed of sport. Uh, Tim Frost from the National Speedway Directory has put together Again, a, an award-winning list of folks, guys like Mark Basso from the Autobahn Country Club, Laura Cooper from Cooper Consulting, Tom Deary from the World of Outlaws. The list goes on and on. Folks from Knoxville Speedway will be there, Charlotte Motor Speedway, big tracks, small tracks, series uh, like Formula Drift. And we even have the most famous world number one track chaser, Randy Lewis, who will be there. And, of course, on the media side, Bob Pockris and Ralph Shaheen will be back. And the whole idea is to educate folks on the uh, the business of speed. So head over to racetrackbusinessconference.com. 
We'll be talking about what makes a big event. We'll be also giving a lot of advice to the attendees. And you can sign up, go over to register, click the register button when you go over to racetrackbusinessconference.com. And you even get credentialed for the PRI show. So it's pretty cool. It will be indeed. That sounds pretty cool. Uh, Jeff, did you get your invitation to participate in the symposium on that? I'd- uh, no, I think uh, Dennis might have misspelled my name, and oh, so it got lost yeah, in the mail. Mine too. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Hmm. Anyways, uh, Dennis, what is your prediction for Phoenix? Who do you like? Phoenix, I'm going to take Harvick because he'll be hungry, and the new configuration isn't big enough change to get him not to be the king of Pahonix. Um. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he wins. What that 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 I guarantee that will be an interesting post race interview. Well, the fact well, that even more it, even more interesting is if the car will pass post yeah. race inspection at the R and D center on Wednesday, and will they be able to get the car back from Phoenix in time to finish that so they can be ready for the big press tour. Those are all the exciting things that we look forward to each week in NASCAR. It's not who wins the race, it's who passes inspection. If I didn't know better, I think that the inspector from the Snowball Derby is getting involved in NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the fact that Harvick and uh, Rodney Childers didn't uh, appeal says a lot. So they knew that something oh. was up with that car. They pushed the limits, but the question is, why couldn't you find something critical on the car before the race? Yeah, exactly. Hey, this is NASCAR. We love our lasers until we get to the R&D center, and then we let the real mechanic get Well, it was the same way when they had that window that got pushed in and all that. And uh, same thing. You know, they didn't find it, but somebody on TV pointed it out, so we got to screw them and hit them with a big-ass penalty. It's been a crazy year, hasn't it, guys? It certainly has. We're talking more about minute violations of the rules that turn into death penalties than the exciting racing on the track, except for Martinsville. That gave us a show. Right. All right, very good, Dennis. Uh, We appreciate you coming on the show. Coming up next is David Land. Uh, from YouTube, his YouTube channel, The David Land Show. I, it's not really called that, but I like calling it that. Uh, coming up next on The Final Inspection Show. This is One Lap Down for the week of November the 5th. I'm Lori Monroe, and here's what's been making news. An announcement has finally been made regarding the future of Martin Truex Jr., and as many have speculated, both he and crew chief Cole Pern are headed to the number 19 team at Joe Gibbs Racing in 2019. As for Daniel Suarez, it's not known where he'll land, but as Joe Gibbs says, We really appreciate everything Daniel has done for Joe Gibbs Racing over these past several years. We look forward to hearing about his plans going forward, and we know he continues to have a bright future in our sport. As for sponsorship for Truex and the number 19, there will be an announcement at a later date. Remember the deal NASCAR made a couple of years ago to bring a tent filled with NASCAR merchandise to each track instead of the old traditional souvenir haulers? Well, that's over. The company called Fanatics is terminating its NASCAR trackside deal after this year, bringing what was originally a 10-year deal that was to run through to 2024 to an end. This due to sagging attendance making the venue not meet its financial projections. 
Fanatics tried to restructure the deal and ended up terminating it instead, affecting more than a dozen additional contracts with individual tracks. According to NASCAR President Steve Phelps, they're in the process of finalizing a plan for a new trackside merchandise model for 2019 that will serve and engage fans at racetracks across the country. In Innovators vs. NASCAR this week, Tony Gibson returns to the pit box this weekend, stepping in for suspended crew chief Rodney Childers after the number four Stuart Haas Ford, driven by Kevin Harvick, was issued an L1 penalty after the race in Texas, thanks to his spoiler not conforming to the rules. Crew chief Rodney Childers has been fined $75,000 and suspended for the next two Cup Series points events. Car chief Robert Smith has also been suspended for the next two events and the team has been assessed with a loss of 40 driver points and 40 owner points. Ryan Blaney's number 12 team has also received an L1 penalty. The front door crush panels must remain permanently attached for the entire event. Crew chief Jeremy Bullens has been fined $50,000. Car chief Kirk Almquist has been suspended for the next two cut points events, and the team has been assessed with a loss of 20 driver and 20 owner points. And Derek Jones' number 20 team has received an L1 penalty concerning the body and package tray. Air cannot pass from one area of the vehicle to another. Vehicle package tray must remain flat and straight from front to back with one brake. Crew Chief Chris Gale was fined $50,000 and Car Chief Jason Overstreet has been suspended for the next two Cup Series points events and the team is assessed with a loss of 20 driver and 20 owner points. And in the Camping World Truck Series, Brennan Pool's number 35 truck received a safety violation due to the loss or separation of ballast containers. Crew Chief Ryan Bell, Truck Chief Jerry Kennedy, and Mechanic Patrick McGee have been suspended for the next three Truck Series points events through February 20th, 2019. That was quite a weekend at Texas. This week's racing schedule, the Camping World Truck Series sets the track on Friday night for the Lucas Oil 150. Green flag flies just after 8.30 p.m. and you can see it live on FS1. Saturday's Xfinity race, the wheel entrusted to perform 200, takes place just after 3.30 p.m. Eastern. It'll be carried live on NBC. And Sunday's Monster Energy Cup race, the Can-Am 500, is race number 9 of 10 in the playoffs. Season is just about over, folks. And the cup cars will take the green flag at roughly 2.45 p.m. Eastern. And you can watch it live on NBC starting at 2 p.m. Eastern. Hey, are you missing Danica Patrick at all? Well, you're in for a treat. GoDaddy is supporting Danica in a couple of upcoming inspirational keynote appearances. They're calling them Fireside Chats. She'll talk about what it takes to launch, sustain, and grow a business, and what she's learned about the value of following your passion and dreaming big. Two of these fireside chats with Danica are coming up, one in November the 16th in Brooklyn, New York, at Entrepreneur Live, and again on December the 3rd at the Business Insiders Ignition Conference in New York City. You can find more by heading to danicapatrick.com. In weather this week... Brought to you by RaceWeather.net. It's going to be a glorious weekend at ISM in Phoenix. Friday's high temperature will be 81 degrees with a low of 60, but nothing but sunshine all day long. So when it cools off for the truck race in the evening, it's going to feel just fantastic. Saturday's Xfinity race, same deal. A high of 81 degrees, nothing but sunshine. And Sunday's cup race, like a broken record, a high of 80 and sunshine. And birthdays this week. Happy birthday goes up to Elton Sawyer, Donnie Leah, and Rick Corelli. And if you're celebrating a birthday this week, I hope it's happy. <laughs> <laughs>
In Social Media Madness, Samantha Bush posted a video on social media with a progress report on her in vitro fertilization journey. It's all over Instagram and Twitter. It's pretty interesting. She writes, today is the big day we're going to have our baby girl transferred. You can read more and see the video on her social media accounts. And if you're not watching Kyle Petty's Facebook Live videos on Wednesday nights, you're missing out. With as much candor as you can imagine, Kyle talks about growing up as a Petty, coughing up Petty blue paint from his lungs in school, the state of things in racing today, and then he turns around and he'll sing you a song. Trust me, you will love it. Dale Jr. posted a picture of Justin Bieber on Twitter. He was wearing what looks like an oversized t-shirt that has Intimidator, Dale Earnhardt on the front in huge letters. Jr. wrote, does Justin Bieber know that everything he wears after this will never be as badass as this shirt? No, Jr., I'm sure he doesn't. That's all this week for One Lap Down with Laurie Monroe. Enjoy the racing this weekend, whatever racing you enjoy the most. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.